0: First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming
1: Attractions. I'm your host, Natalia, from Kids First. Today, we'll be speaking with Catherine on Crappy Mother's Day. Also, we'll be listening to Catherine as she speaks to actor and writer Bill Ricktoxie and director Dan Carlock on Crappy Mother's Day. And I have to say, happy every Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Following that, Tiana on The Mitchells vs. the Machines. And as she spoke to Maya Rudolph, Abby Jacobson, and Beck Bennett on The Mitchells vs. the Machines. Jude and Aiden on Justice Society World War II and as they spoke to Megan Fitzmartin and Jeremy Adams on Justice Society World War II. First, we'll be speaking with Catherine on Crappy Mother's Day. All right, Catherine, so today we'll be talking about Crappy's Mother's Day. First off, can you tell us a little bit about this film?
2: Yeah, sure. So, Crappy Mother's Day is about three generations of women, and they're trying to celebrate Mother's Day. Uh, It doesn't go as planned. It's very chaotic. Uh, The grandma is very mean and old and senile, and there's the grandpa. He's buried in the backyard. So, you know, just a crazy family. (laughs) It's trying to celebrate Mother's Day.
1: Well, I sure love comedic, but also hilarious movies that include some meanness. And who doesn't like a mean grandma? That sounds like a lot of comedy right there.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. She was so much fun to watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and following that, director and producer and editor, Dan Carlock, who you have the opportunity to speak with, as well as Ratoxi brother. Apologies if I said that the wrong way. Mike, um, what's it called? Dan Carlock is a vet of Law & Order who worked for 22 episodes.
2: Were you familiar with their work before watching this film? Well, I'd heard of I've heard of Law and Order. I had never really watched it though, uh, but then mm-hmm. when I when I realized um, Dan Carlock directed that, I was like, "Oh wow! Oh, that's so cool!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think something that's really awesome is
1: acknowledging a director, producer, or editor's work and getting familiar with it because you kind of understand what your favorite genre is and, and get to learn a little bit about more of the behind the scenes. Also, I was wondering. To what extent did this film up with your expectations? Uh, of course, like I said, this is a very um, familiar um, plot film. You know, the mean grandma, and, and it's just three generations coming together on um, a messy Mother's Day. But did you have any expectations? And if not, um, were you surprised? What come you way?
2: Well, so I it exceeded my expectations in the humor area. I didn't think it, I thought it was going to be funny, but not as funny as it was. And yeah, I thought it was really funny and I thought the acting was very good. And uh, I think it's definitely like, it's definitely very funny. And I think that a lot of people will enjoy it.
1: And following that, you had the opportunity to speak with Dan Carlock, who also played a character, Danny, one of the uncles and Bill Ritockski, Apologies, again, it's a very hard last name to get. Um, however, how did your conversation go with them? What did they share with you behind the process?
2: Well, it was really interesting. Uh, they had eight days to film the movie. So I was just like, wow. Whoa. Yeah, it was really insane. And I was like, whoa, you guys guys did a great job bringing this movie all together and it looks great. And so I thought that that was really interesting. And yeah.
1: And along with that, um, that's actually, once again, I have to say, it's actually pretty cool that they had eight days to to film a whole movie. I mean, I would never expect that. It usually takes months or even past a year to film a movie, but I would never suspect eight days, which kind of makes me more interested in wanting to watch it and see what it's all about, you know? And following that, how would you describe the main characters? We understand they all have a a backstory and they all seem like pretty messy characters, but... What are their goals and what problems do they face throughout this
2: film? So I think Sarah, Sarah is, um, is the youngest of the three generations of women uh, she she's just trying to keep the family together she's just trying to kind of i think she's also tr- just trying to get this mother's day over with uh, she brings <laughs> she brings her fiance james and james he he's never met her family before and so it's always really interesting to see that he gets a little wild <laughs> yeah. yeah and so i think the grandma the grandma is also probably Probably just trying to get it over with. She doesn't love her family very much. I mean, they're—I don't blame her because they're all cuckoo. <laughs> but <yeah. laughs> And then Tody, Tody is the second generation, so Sarah's mom. I think she's she's just trying to you know celebrate Mother's Day with her daughter and her mother. <laughs>
1: Well, it seems like there's a lot going on in this film, and there's a lot of characters who have a lot to that we can expect from. However, I am excited to see this film, so why don't you tell us when this film is coming out, um, or if it's already released, and your age recommendation and star
2: rating? Yeah, so it comes out May 4th, uh, and my age rating and star rating is 14 to 18, and I think adults will also find this movie maybe funnier than some of the kids will. And mm-hmm. I give it four out of five stars.
1: Got it. Well, thanks so much for speaking with us today, Catherine. Thank you. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're speaking with Catherine on Crappy Mother's Day, Tiana on The Mitchells versus The Machines, and Jude and Aiden on Just Society World War Two. Right now, we're switching over to listen to Catherine's interview, with the writer and actor and director on Crappy Mother's Day. Hi, this is Katherine reporting
2: for KidSports. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Bill Rutkowski and Dan Carlock for the upcoming movie, Crappy Mother's Day. Bill Rutkowski has written and starred in many plays and short films and has guest starred on productions like Malcolm in the Middle and Two and a Half Men. Dan Carlock is a two-time Emmy Award-winning and Grammy-nominated director and cinematographer. His work includes directing the acclaimed Law and Order series and Shooting Asleep at the Wheel and many other films. Thank you so much for joining me today.
3: Thanks, Catherine. Great to be here. Great to be here.
2: All right, let's start with you, Bell. You have written and performed many, uh, I guess, a lot, a lot of comedy pieces, but this is your first feature film, so congrats on that. Mm-hmm. What, will you, what will you always remember about Crafty Mother's Day?
3: I'll always remember Dan. Well, there, there, there's too many things to count. There's a lot of things I'll remember. I, I, you know, it was great doing it in this uh, Montclair, New Jersey, and I was happy to do it here, so I'll certainly remember that.
2: Yes, for sure. And so, Dan, you have directed many movies. What makes this one different from past works?
4: Well, you know, it was it, this, this quote, labor of love, kind of gets said a little bit too much these days, but um, it really was, I mean, we we had a very limited budget and we only had eight days to shoot the entire movie. And for me, that the, the challenge of that makes it more exciting because you have to be a lot more creative because you don't have a lot of things at your disposal. So you have to figure out ways to make things happen within that amount of time with the budget you have. So you actually, on one level, you get to get be a lot more creative. And it, for me, that it's always exciting to let my brain actually work for change. <laughs>
2: Yeah, wow, eight days, that's not a lot of time, but great job, great job.
5: <laughs>
2: Thanks. So, Phil, your last name is Rutkowski, and so what's the thing with two other people in the cast with the same last name? <laughs>
3: well, they're, they're all related to me. Uh, they, they, they are? are. <laughs> yes, well, yeah. Now you tell tell Oh, geez, the secret is out. Dan didn't know. Yeah, they're, they're my brothers, uh, and, you know, so it was, they worked for cheap, so it was easy, you know, to... <laughs> So so you're right about what you know. Everything in the script
4: is pretty much things that happened to Bill over the years. So might as well get the people who actually really did
3: it to be in it. Right, and try to make some money on it.
2: Yeah, so Dan, there are a lot of crazy, crazy scenes in this movie. So which scenes were the most entertaining to film?
4: I have to say there's a scene, not to give anything away, but there's a sequence when a couple of the uncles reenact the whole Planet of the Apes sequence. (laughs) And it was fun just... uh, Letting them, letting them loose, and we did some a little more interesting camera angles and a lot more handheld camera, and it was just fun letting them play Planet of the Apes while I filmed them.
5: Yes, it's
2: up. I thought that that scene would have been so much fun to film because it was a lot of fun to watch. Oh, thanks. And Bill, you are the writer, producer, and an actor in this film. So, what was it like performing all three of these roles?
3: Well, uh, believe it or not, the, the, the acting part was sort of the easiest. <laughs> in a way, because, You know, I wrote it, so I knew the lines and all that. And I knew what I wanted. The other stuff, I never produced anything, so that was really hard. I didn't know what I was doing, and Dan gave me a lot of help, and I got help from a lot of people, and we had a great crew. So I, I was flying blind there, but somehow got through it. So uh, and what else did I do? Oh, yeah, I wrote it. Yeah, so I wrote it, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah. Well, a lot of that stuff was based on stories from my own life with my mother and all of that. So that that part was a little easy, too. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like it's so fun that you can kind of do something so close to like your family. And you know, it's great.
3: (laughs) Well, I feel like I cheated in a way. I really didn't write it. I just copied everything they did. I just (laughs) followed them around and wrote it down.
2: So Dan, what was it like working with all of the talented actors in this movie?
4: it was fantastic you know the, the the like i mentioned one of the challenges was that we only had a short amount of time to do this and every everybody who was in the film brought their a-game um they especially the, there's a scene at the beginning where they're sitting around at a restaurant and we shot that all in one day and it, it was 12 pages of script and a lot of dialogue and we, uh, it was the type of thing where if if they, if they didn't come with their A game, when there there's no way we could have gotten that done in time. It's also one of those things I don't think we could do it again. It was like every the, all the fates worked, the weather worked for us. It didn't rain on the days we were outside. Yeah, that's true. Um, we got you know, great friends of ours, Keith and Murphy, let us use their house, which was great because most of the film takes place in the one location, so we needed a great hub to kind of work off of, and then also just working here in the town of Montclair was fantastic because... The it, biggest problem was airplanes. Yeah, airplanes. We were <laughs> <but, laughs> outside, yes. But um, I'd say, yeah, the, the cast was fantastic. And they really, they learned a dialogue so we could do one or two takes, nail it, and then move on to the next next shot, which really helped as a director because it wasn't like, oh, oh they didn't go. Now we got to go again. We got to go again. got to go again. But uh, I really have to thank them for what a great job they all did.
2: Yes, I mean... Honestly, once you have a cast that good, I'm sure the film is just, I mean, it's a great film. And so it's just great that, you know, all of the actors knew everything. And so I feel like that would make it really fun to film. And so Bill, how did COVID affect the production of this movie?
3: Well, it didn't because we got in just before. So we were fortunate. Well, I'll so it didn't in, in, uh, affect filming, but it did affect us getting to film festivals. We were able to sneak into one film festival before COVID really happened, but we were scheduled for others. So that was disappointing because it was exciting to go to a film festival yeah. and see it on the big screen. So that was the only way we were affected by COVID.
5: Yeah,
2: and well, now it's coming out soon, so Hooray! <laughs> Okay, so I feel like just having the creative touch, like making all of the props, I feel like that sounds so fun and entertaining, and I know I wouldn't have thought of a gorilla head holding all the DVDs, so good job, good job. Thank you so much uh, for talking to me today.
4: Oh, it's nice. And also plug May 4th on all these streaming things, Amazon Prime and Voodoo
3: and iTunes. and. Crappy Mother's Day, it's not a drama.
2: I'm I'm Catherine reporting for Kids First. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss our next interview or those of our awesome team members. See you later. Bye. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Natalia from Kids First, and
1: you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Live from Mount Olympus from Track.
6: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host,
1: Natalia, from Kids First, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been listening to Catherine's interview with actor, writer, and director on Crappy Mother's Day, Dan Carlock and Bill Ritochski. Next up, we are speaking with Tiana on The Mitchells versus The Machines. So, Tiana, tell us about this film.
7: Um, so, The Mitchells vs. The Machines is about Katie Mitchell. And she's like a creative outsider who is just kind of, uh, she's going to a new film school in California. And so, she's kind of really looking forward to meeting her people. And her dad, her and her dad, Rick, played by Danny McBride, kind of get into like a little bit of a disagreement. Um, before she leaves, so the dad decides that instead of Katie flying to get there, that they would go on a very fun family road trip to take her there. And so they just really focused on connecting with each other and building back that bond before Katie left. Um, then they run into a uh, robot uprising where the robots are trying to take over the world. So now them being the only family not catcher kind of have to work together to build their
1: bond again and save the world. Wow, um, you mentioned a lot of things there. we got robots are trying to save the world. It, it seems like a lot's going on there, and there so this is. is an there this is an animated film. so can you tell us how the um editing contributes to the meaning of the film, or does this world of the film work like the real world? If not, what are the differences?
7: Um, I think the way that they made the film was pretty much like the real world. I mean, it talked a lot about connecting with your family and different people having personalities and embracing your weird sides um not being afraid to be you and especially the thing about um a lot of things I know people talk about these days are being on their cell phones and social media and things like that so I think it has a pretty strong connection to the real world which is kind of what draws you into seeing the film so yeah I think I don't think there were very many differences um Mm -hmm. so yeah
1: All right. And I think there's a lot to go on about the background, you know, artistically and technically and and the screenplay direction and cinematography and everything. So thanks for sharing that with us. And what what aspect of the film did he most engage with? What will you remember?
7: Um, I think what I'll most remember about the film was I think it's really just the plot of the film and seeing how they kind of went from and I'm not going to like spoil too much. But kind of going from how, like I said, they had the disagreement. So going from how they were kind of going apart to how now with them trying to save the whole world, um, them kind of having to embrace their differences and getting back together. Um, I think that's something that I can definitely relate to and other people can to uh, having that bond with their family. So I think that's probably what will stick with me the most.
1: Mm. And there are many celebrities that voice in this film, such as Maya Rudolph, who plays Linda Michelle in the film, Chrissy Teigen, who plays Haley Posey, and many more, even a dog, Doug the Pug, um, who plays Monchi, which is pretty awesome. Are you familiar with any of the voice actors work or is this um, new to you?
7: Um, There were a lot of voice actors who played in this that were kind of new to me. But I know some people did play in some movies that I was familiar with. Like there was Abby Jacobson who played Katie Mitchell. She played in the Lego Ninjago movie. Um, There was Maya Rudolph. Uh, And actually, when I first saw who was playing in the movie, she was someone that was like, oh, that's cool. I know she is. She played um, also kind of like a motherly role Aunt Cass in Big Hero 6, um, if you know what that movie is. Uh, and there were a mm-hmm. few other voice actors in there that I didn't know, some that I was like, oh, okay, I do know them from certain movies. So most of them were pretty mm-hmm. surprising. I know John Legend also had a role in there, as you mentioned, mentioned Christy Tagan, so.
1: That's pretty awesome. I mean, you know, sometimes you recognize some of our favorite people and we get more interested to watch a film. So that's me, that's personal opinion. But right. to end off our conversation, can you please share your age rating, star um star rating, and kind of tell us when is this getting released? Because I need to know. Um, so
7: the I rate the Mitchell's versus the machines a five out of five stars and recommend it for ages eight to eighteen, plus adults, because it was a really amazing film and is actually on Netflix right now.
1: Ooh, all right, we gotta watch it. Thanks so much for speaking with us, Tiana. Thank you. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've talked with Catherine on Crappy Mother's Day, listened to her interview with actor, writer, and director on Crappy Mother's Day, and just spoke with Tiana on The Mitchells vs. The Machines. Right now, we're switching over listening to Tiana's interview with Maya Rudolph, Abby Jacobson, and Beck Bennett on The Mitchells vs. The Machines.
7: Hello everyone, it's Tiana Servants reporting for Kids First, and today I'm going to be speaking with Maya Rudolph, Beck Bennett, and Abby Jacobson, who play in the new upcoming Netflix film, The Mitchells vs. the Machines. Maya Rudolph is known for her roles in Bridesmaids, Big Hero 6, The Willoughbys, and Saturday Night Live. Beck Bennett is known for his performances in Sing, DuckTales, and Saturday Night Live. Abby Jacobson is known for her performances in Broad City, The Lego Ninjago Movie, and The Master. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing great. So let's get right into it. My first question is for Ms. Jacobson. I really love seeing Katie's character and how she had to develop her relationship
8: with her family. What drew you to playing the role of Katie? Yeah, I mean, so much about Katie, I love, um, you know, growing up, like you really get along with your parents. And then in a lot of ways, you don't. And so it's complicated. And, you know, I I was a really creative kid, too. I was always drawing, and I was always making stuff. And so I really related to Katie, who's making movies, and kind of feeling that you know, I'm not fully understood by my parents. There's this disconnect. And I really related to all that stuff and just her creativity. And then in the end, spoiler alert, but I love how they come back together and they fit that, you know, how they feel like such a team in the end. I just like love being a part of telling that.
7: Yeah, that definitely sounds like a great experience. Yeah, for sure. So my next question is for Mr. Bennett. A big thing that they touched on in this film is reprogramming yourself. What advice would you have for people on reprogramming themselves like your character Eric did in the film?
3: Uh, reprogramming, you know, therapy's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, therapy is great. Therapy, exercise, good diet. You can kind of allow yourself to take a, a step back from some habits that you might be, uh, you know, programmed into without even knowing it and you can allow yourself to take a step back and, kind of program yourself uh, the way you want to. Yeah,
7: That's some great advice.
9: Thank
7: you. You're welcome. So, Miss Rudolph, I got to see the movie, and it is truly amazing. What do you hope that audiences take away from this film?
5: Oh, I really hope um, audiences take away the idea of um, people being able to celebrate each other's special qualities, um, people being able to um follow their creativity if that's what it is their uniqueness and also the importance of when we say finding your people finding the people in your world that um, care about you see you um, honor you see for who you are and also support you whether that's your family if you're lucky or the people that you surround yourself with i think it's so important to be authentically who you are and that's not always easy and takes time but i think all of us adults here have been talking about it. And we feel like we've all individually had those moments where we've questioned those things for ourselves growing up. And then as we got older, we had moments where we found our people, where we felt like-minded and supported and seen and felt good to be a part of something. And whether that's your, your natural family or a family you create, those are really important. We're all human beings and we, we need that.
7: Yeah, I can definitely agree. And like I said, I saw the film, it was truly amazing, and I definitely got that from it.
5: Good, good, good.
7: <laughs> so for my last question, it's for Miss Jacobson. For kids that are considered to be a weirdo, kind of like Katie in the film,
8: what advice might you have for them? Ooh, I was a weirdo as a kid, and I would I was a little insecure about it. And I think Katie does a great job of really leaning into that weirdness. The weirdness is the best part, I think. And I wish I I wish I had this movie when I was a kid to kind of remind me of those the weird all those weird quirks, all those weird hobbies and the interests. All that stuff is the best. So to, I think it's lean into it and lean into it hard and look for people that have those weird things too.
7: Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. So those were all my questions. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you,
3: Tiana. Nice nice to to Tiana. you. Appreciate it.
7: Thank you so much, Ms. Jacobson, Mr. Bennett, and Ms. Rudolph, for your time today. The Mitchell's Risk of the Machines comes out on Netflix April 30th, 2021. I'm Tiana Sermon, reporting for Kids First. Make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our latest reviews or interviews.
1: Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Natalie Jackson from Kids First, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by live from Mount Olympus from tracks.
6: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. Are tuned into Kids First coming attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host
1: Natalia from Kids First, and you were listening to Kids First coming attractions. We've been listening to Tiana as she spoke to Maya Rudolph, Abby Jacobson, and Beck Bennett on The Mitchells vs. the Machines. Right now, we are switching over to Jude and Aiden as they speak on Justice Society World War Two. All right, now Jude, why don't you tell us a little bit about the film Justice Society World War Two?
10: Justice Society World War Two uh, is about everyone's favorite comic, comic book superhero, The Flash, when he accidentally travels to a different world of sorts um, where World War Two is currently happening, uh, and he meets a group of superheroes called the Justice Society, and he has to fight uh, right by side of them uh, to defeat the Nazis and to find do- to-, and to find his way
0: home.
1: Wow, and I had a quick question. I'm usually not interested in, um, in DC or animated films such as this one, um, or I'm not really interested in superheroes or anything such. Do you think this will catch the attention of those people like myself, or do you think it's mostly directed to people who are morally interested in those films?
10: I think it's definitely directed at people who have an interest in that whole realm. Um, I don't mm-hmm. see, I, I don't see if I don't see like complete strangers to the topic watching it. I would definitely think that long and, and diehard fans would definitely enjoy
1: watching it. All right, thank you so much, Jude. Yeah, thank you. And now heading back to Aiden. Aiden, we heard about this film, and like you just told us, it's morely directed to people who are more interested in these types of films. Would you say that you're that person? Um, have you been familiar with these kinds of films or was this new to you?
11: I am actually familiar with these kind of films. Like, when you really get to know me, I am like a complete superhero nerd. Like, <laughs> my, my family literally tells me I'm a nerd all the freaking time. So, yeah, I am really <laughs> these kind of films.
1: And I had a question. But who would you say um, is the main character, I guess?
11: Oh, uh, to me, I felt that The Flash was the main character, because he's the one who really caused all of, the, all of this to happen, it kind of caused, like, another problem, how he has mm-hmm. to get back home, so I really saw this as being, like, a Flash movie, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'd say Flash is the main character.
1: And what choices do the characters make, what motivates them, and what are the consequences?
11: What really motivates them is that they're really just trying to save America from the Nazis. And some of like the consequences that happen is like it's, it's death. Because there, there mm-hmm. are people that die in this. Like the stakes are like really high.
1: You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're listening to Catherine on Crappy Mother's Day. Her interview with actor and writer Bill Ratowski and Dan Carlock, the director on Crappy Mother's Day. Tiana on the Mitchells vs. the Machines. And as she spoke with Maya Rudolph, Abby Jacobson and Beck Bennett on the Mitchells vs. the Machines. And Juden Aiden on Justice Society World War II. Right now, we are continuing speaking with Aiden on Justice Society World War II. And Overall, how did this um, film make you feel? What aspects worked well and which didn't? And thinking about direction, cinematography, editing, and soundtrack, all of those inputs.
11: This movie made me feel... I, I didn't notice it. Like, I will say it did have some great soundtrack. I will say that. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it made me feel a little bit excited because of mm-hmm. like, the ending of the film. So, yeah.
1: Ooh. So there's a lot going on right there in the end, huh? Yep. So, Aiden, you told me that you're familiar with these types of films, and you are a a big nerd, as your family likes to call you. Did you expect anything out of this film, or was this completely something new, but it still followed um, the outlines of what a comic um, animated DC film would be like?
11: Well, really, the only thing I really expected from this film is that it would be connected to uh, Superman Man of Tomorrow. And I thought Mm -mm. it would due to the fact that this animation was the same. So that's really what I expected. I expected it would kind of lead up to, like, a Justice League movie.
1: Mm. And does this world of the film work like the real world? And if if not, what are the differences?
11: This actually does work like the real world. Because in Justice Society, World War II... It does take some aspects that um, happened in World War II and add it into the movie. Like, one example would be Nazis, because in World War II, we had a bunch of problems with the Nazis, and this movie just kind of brought that to life. So, yeah.
9: All right,
1: and lastly, to end off our conversation, what would be your age recommendation star rating, and can you um, tell us when this film will be released?
11: So my age recommendation for this would be ages 11 to 18 plus adults. And I give this maybe a 3.5 out of 5. And actually, it's released now on digital platforms.
1: All right. Well, we definitely have to check that out. Thanks so much for speaking with us. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Natalia from Kids First, and you were listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Live from Mount Olympus From Trax
6: Become our friend on Facebook Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America
0: To become a Kids First film critic Visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your
1: host, Natalie from Kids First, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been listening to Catherine on Crappy Mother's Day, her interview with actor and writer Bill Ritoxti, and Darn Carlock, the director, on Crappy Mother's Day, Tiana on The Mitchells vs. the Machines, And I she spoke to Maya Rudolph, Abby Jacobson, and Beck Bennett, as well as Jude and Aiden on Justice Society World War II. Now we'll listen to Jude and Aiden as they speak with some of the um, cast and crew members from Justice Society World War II.
11: Hey guys, I'm Aiden Payne reporting for Kids First. And I'm Jude Adler. And today I have the honor of speaking with Jeremy Adams and Megan Fitzmartin, writers of the new animated feature film Justice Society World War II coming on digital April 27th,
10: 2021. Megan Fitzmartin is known for her writing for Supernatural and DC Superhero Girls, and Jeremy Adams is known for writing Teen Titans Go! vs. Teen Titans and Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge.
11: It's nice to have you two here today.
10: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
12: Thanks. It's nice to be here.
10: Well, it's a pleasure to have you guys here, so um, I think that we're, that we're both really excited. All right, so... To begin, there are are lots of different variations of the Justice League, like the CW version and the DCEU version. So, Megan, when approaching a new film like this, what process did you guys go through to make sure that this is something that nobody has ever seen before?
12: I mean, I think that part of the process, especially in dealing with, you know, everybody has sort of ideas on who these characters are and what stories people want to see, Um, And so I think Jeremy and I and everybody at DC sort of got together and said, Okay, well, like, but who are these characters? And what stories do we want to tell with these characters? And out Mm -hmm. of that, we got something that I think is really cool and is really fun and honors that. But being able to work out of the characters, uh, I think, in general, helps uh, alleviate some of those fears and concerns.
10: Yeah, and, and when talking specifically about the characters, Jeremy, were there any specific characteristics that you changed about these classic individual characters that people
9: might not be used to seeing? You know, honestly, I, I don't. I don't know from the writing point of view. I think that Amy, uh, that Megan and I constantly talk about. <laughs> I know. Megan and I talk about. Uh, you know, uh, she likes it really sad, and I re- like it really sappy. So there's some interpersonal things we added. But what was cool about it for me as a writer especially is when we handed it off to the storyboard team and the producers and it went to our amazing voice director Wes Gleason and these amazing voice actors um, they changed some of the dynamics of who these characters are just from their acting ability Mm -hmm. and uh, specifically Hawkman to me was so Mm. different than the way I heard him in my head but then when I saw the way that he was played I was like, oh man, that's such an original take. And now that's kind of the take that's taken hold in my brain. So now, from now on, that's gonna be the way <laughs> it sounds. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's
10: really cool. It's just gonna be setting a new expectation, I guess, for new viewers who had never seen these characters
11: before. I hope so. Yep. Yeah. Megan, so as a writer, you're gonna keep the plot lines fresh. So how do you keep the plot lines fresh with these classic characters?
12: Um I think the the best way that we did it was just by talking about it and geeking out about it like these are characters that we love these are these are stories and situations that we love and uh as Jeremy said I like making anything anybody as sad as possible so any sort of opportunity uh to really dig into that I think for both Jeremy and I we would find these sort of opportunities in the story that we would dig into uh and and those that, that bring ourselves to it, that bring things that we love about this world, too, um, to give a different type of spin on it.
11: Yeah, I'm myself, so I also geek out about superheroes, too.
12: Yeah, they're great. They're the best.
11: Yep. <laughs> okay, so Jeremy, mm-hmm. why did you choose a historical time like World War II? Was it something that happened while writing, or was it planned from the beginning?
9: It was planned from the beginning. Uh, Butch, who's our supervising producer, which, in animation terms, he's really like the guy in control of everything. Um, Originally, him and another producer, Jim Krieg, I think they were thinking about doing a Wonder Woman World War II series. And in lieu of that, uh, we decided to wrap that up into a JSA historical, you know, action movie so it was already baked in at the beginning plus the jsa has never been shown in animated form i don't believe or at least in long form so it all seemed to work together so that megan and i could write this thing um but yeah it's always been at the beginning that this was going to take place in world war ii
10: yeah that's really interesting just because like i I believe that we've seen the jsa in the live action star Wars. uh, Star Girl series, um, but it'll be really interesting to see it brought to animation.
1: You were listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we spoke with Catherine on Crappy Mother's Day, as she spoke with actor, writer, and director on Crappy Mother's Day, Tiana on The Mitchells vs. the Machines, and as she spoke with My Rudolph, Abby Jacobson, and Beck Bennett on the same film, as well as Jude and Aiden as they spoke to some cast and crew members, from Justice Society World War II, and as they share the review with us. Right now, we are continuing listening to June and Aiden as they speak to the cast and crew member of Justice Society World War II.
10: So, yeah. when tackling such a sensitive time period like World War II, Megan, did you face any challenges regarding the sensitive background that, you, that you'd ever faced before?
12: Um, I think... Honestly, and this is a story that I love telling, I found out that I got the gig while I was in London at a World War II Winston Churchill Museum.
5: So oh, wow. I was like,
12: great, well, I'm gonna write this off and do a lot of research right here, while, right now. Um, mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was really helpful to sort of immediately get into the mindset. Um, and, and you know, as, as we write these things, it it's strange how a lot of the stuff is mirroring our own sort of existence currently like there's a lot of themes and stuff that like a couple years ago when Jeremy and I wrote this we had not thought about um, as it would relate to the way that things are now and 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 has and does and I think that that's just that is why these characters are so um, time-honored and and timeless is because they 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 exist in all of these different spaces, and there is a message that is always worth telling.
10: Mm-hmm. And that's quite the coincidence to actually get the news about a, about a superhero movie about World War II and actually being in a museum about World War II. That's quite the Oh, I yeah,
12: know. no, it all worked out real yeah. well for me. The
10: world works in <laughs> mysterious ways. Truly. Yeah. Uh, and, Jeremy, were there any scenes in particular that were challenging to write because of the World War II time period? Yeah,
9: this, for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have a submarine scene. And I had to like do all this research <laughs> on what submarines were capable of or what type of submarines there were and the fact, but but this is what's so great about writing. One of the things I love is that when you do research you will find weird little tidbits that somehow if you pull on the threads lightly enough will coincide with the story. So in this mm-hmm. case, there's a submarine that is battery powered. And it's like, oh, I have this character that can build up electric charges and there's a battery powered, you know, submarine. How could that work together, you know? Um, yeah. But that that was challenging because I wanted to make sure <laughs> the dialogue was uh, right, what they were saying. I know nothing about submarines. I know nothing about <laughs> most things. I know yeah, that's exactly. why I gravitate towards superheroes so I can make stuff up. So, you know, but that was like, oh, I gotta be specific. And thank goodness, Butch was like, hey, you did a good job. Like, and I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> It's also a very good butch impersonation, by the way.
10: Yeah, Yeah, just those little details that you wouldn't think would be difficult, but they can be difficult.
11: Right. Jeremy, you know we love surprises, so can you tell us about any surprise characters in this film? Absolutely
9: not. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, that is, I like that you tried, but man, we get in trouble. So well, the good cool my- thing is that what we try to do when we're writing these things is we try to make, and in particular this one, I have to say, there's quite a few little twists and turns. Um, and I'd be depriving you of the joy of watching this movie if I told you anything that would spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. when imagining like, like
10: what, what this movie will be like, were there any characters in particular, Megan, that you were really excited to explore? Maybe a character that you were always a fan of from the beginning?
12: Oh man, I all of them. I mean, I like them all so much. It's it's like trying to choose my favorite children. Uh, I I mean, I love Wonder Woman and I love the, the chance to, to write her. Uh, Black Canary has always been a favorite. I think one of the first comics that I ever picked up was uh, Birds of Prey. And so being able to write a version of Black Canary was huge. Um, and also Our Man. Like, I, I knew of Our Man, but I love the concept of Our Man and, like, it's such an interesting character that we just don't get to see. So I'm, like, thrilled that we got to play with Our Man. And so I think those are the, the top three that I, I say in general. But really, all of them were, were so exciting to, like, play around with because there is preconceived notions of JSA, but there is less preconceived notions in animation. So, yeah, Jeremy and I get to sort of we're not we're not held down by things mm-hmm. so that was really nice to sort of yeah. like play uh, with and that. Jeremy what about
10: you were there any characters that you wanted to be in the film but unfortunately did not make the final cut
9: yeah I, I mean not final cut but when we were first establishing what's the roster going to be I think when I think of JSA there are certain people like Wildcat and uh, Alan Scott Green Lantern I, I really like Alan Scott Green Lantern but there's only so much time and so much money and you can only animate so many things. And, uh, and also the reality is that, um, Alan Scott has such a huge power set. It makes it really easy, uh, to get through a lot of bad problems. So we cut that and made it a little harder for our heroes.
10: Yeah, it's awesome. I- I'm personally a big, um, hourglass fan as well. Like you said, I, I think he's a really yeah. cool guy. Cra- I think he's he's great concepts, just yeah. very magical makes me geek out awesome
11: yay so megan with these characters do you think this movie could be connected to something more like a dc animated movie universe like a new one
12: well we'll see we'll have to to wait and find out i don't i don't know all
10: right that's I, I, like I'll, I'll, we'll have to take that i guess um, well, it, it was a good try it was a good try yeah.
12: a valiant effort indeed
10: yeah well thank you jeremy adams and megan Fitzmartin, for speaking with us today thank you thank you
12: guys me. so much it was great to talk to you guys yeah
10: yeah it's been awesome i think that i can speak for aiden and i to say that we are both extremely excited for the release of justice society world war ii on april 27th on digital platforms and blu-ray
1: Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by... The Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Live from Mount Olympus from Tracks. I'm Natalia from Kids First, reporting for Kids First. Goodbye.